And I'm Diana. And you're listening to Fiction Kitchen, where we're cooking from our favorite books, movies, and TV, and sometimes games. Yes. <laughs> you gotta love those video games. And today we are talking about the Americans and the book series Lockwood & Co. But before we get into that, let's do Tasty Time, where we talk about what's going on in fiction food. Tasty Time! So, something cool uh, that was recently announced was that our fellow fandom foodie at Pixelated Provisions, uh, Victoria Rosenthal, she is doing a Fallout cookbook. Yes, and it looks amazing. Like, we've seen... And it's like, official. Yeah, like, the official Fallout cookbook. Yeah, and the photography yeah. looks great. The dishes look delicious. It looks super fun. So, yeah, that's that's really exciting. We're excited. I think it comes out in October. But yeah, e- let me see. Yeah. yeah, October 23rd from Insight Editions. Yeah, so you can pre-order now. We'll put a link on our website, but, um, yeah... She's got some of the dishes listed. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. It looks like it's going to be jam-packed. Um, on the cover, it doesn't say, like, how many dishes, how many recipes, um, like some cookbooks do. But it seem, seems like it's going to be... Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot. we got appetizers, soups, mains, desserts, sides, bever- a lot of beverages. Yeah, including Nuka-Cola. So... <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, yeah that's really that's exciting. exciting. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, so with the, we've mentioned before, uh, usually each month there's a theme, like a fandom food theme that the kind of hosted by someone in the fandom foodies group. And for August, it will be hashtag farming feast hosted by Maya over at the ancient ones, uh, baking and cooking blog. Yeah. So Maya has a. A blog over on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that seems like it'll be interesting. It seems like she has in mind, like, I think she the image she did, like, I think was of Stardew Valley, so I think she has in mind, like, games and that mm-hmm. type of stuff. But of course, I'm, like, brainstorming. I'm like, oh, what horror movies can I do? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'll do, like, Texas, Children of the Corn. I would thought about <laughs> Children of the Corn or, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, so I was like, I'm gonna, like, totally throw you guys off. You're doing your, like, oh my gosh, cute, that's gonna be awesome. cute little video games. And I'm like, yeah, let me... <laughs> And then there, there are some anime. Yeah, there's like some, yeah, yeah, some anime that people were were talking about. So I think we'll have a good good mixture. I'm gonna love to see what you do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking. Well, like I've already done. Like we we've both done stuff for like The Wizard of Oz, and I think that would kind of fall under that too. Like I think any story that kind of you know has like a farm in it doesn't necessarily have to be like strictly about farming or whatever. Like a Um, harvesting game or something. Yeah. And so I know we say every time, but anyone is allowed to participate. So if any of you guys are interested, just like you can post a picture on, um, you know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, we'll find it by the hashtag. And, um, yeah, I'll share some good farming piece. Yeah. I I also thought of Mr. McGregor's garden too. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. We do like Peter Rabbit recipes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it has to be from Mr. Baker's so garden. So everything from Peter Rabbit to Stardew Valley to Children yeah. of the Corn. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, gardening, harvesting, farming, yeah, yeah. farming feasts. Yep, yep. And something really cool uh, that you just participated in is Comic Kitchen. Tell us about yes. what your cool thing it was. So there's a site called um, The Comic Vault, and it's all about um, comic books. Jamie writes about... Um, he writes all, all kinds of stuff about comics. Um, he writes kind of some articles have a, um, like a focus on mental health and like kind of what characters do, but he's also got a series on the site called, um, Comic Kitchen. And so he's put together, um, just some ideas for like three course menus in the past. But I think in more recent ones, like he's trying to pair with like bloggers and, um, you know, cooks and like local cafes and that type of stuff to come up with um, menus around characters and like actually make the food. So in the past, he's come up with ideas for like Batman and Wolverine and Gambit. And most recently, he paired with somebody. Oh, uh, Lifestyle and Parenting website, Ro- Rosaline Marmion. Yeah. Did the yeah. Captain did America. the Captain America yeah. menu. Yeah. So she cooked um, 
like really fun stuff like New York cheesecake and like little mac and cheeses. Mm. And um, yeah, so I most recently paired with him and did a menu for Miss Marvel who, um, yeah, like who I love and my daughter loves. And so um, we did like a menu that was like kind of Pakistani American inspired. So it was like Pakistani food, but like kind of spun in an American way. Like we did like shami kebab mm-hmm. burgers. We did samosas with little lightning bolts and then jalebi, which I've never made before. It's kind of like a funnel cake. Um, mm-hmm. dessert. And so, yeah, all paired around Miss Marvel. And then I had my daughter dress up in her, uh, Miss Marvel costume. Perfect. Yeah, she, um, we, she's the perfect Miss Marvel. She's so good. I know, yeah. So she was Miss Marvel for, the, for our, um, comic convention, um, this year in Charlotte, the Heroes Con. And so, um, she already had the costume. So I was like, hey, why don't you just put this on and eat some goodies? And she, <laughs> she was into that. So, yeah, it's really fun. So he's, um, he's currently looking for more bloggers to participate. So like, if you're interested, um, go to thecomicvault.wordpress.com and look for Comic Kitchen and you can contact him if you would be interested in doing your own menu. So we'll obviously put a, um, a link, to, link on our site at, as well at fictionkitchenpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And you may do, be doing a menu coming up. We'll see. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe, yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. We've been in contact, so. Stay tuned. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I think we're ready to get into it. Are you ready? Yeah. Tell us about these Americans. Okay. Let me tell you about the Americans. (laughs) I'm super excited to talk about that. So um, the Americans is a show, um, it, I think it just wrapped its final season in May of this year. Um, it's a show on FX created by Joe Weinberg, and it stars Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese as a couple, um, Philip and Elizabeth Jennings, and they're just your normal American suburban family. They have two kids, nice house, live in the suburbs of D.C., um, but they're also Soviet KGB officers. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so there's like lots of Russian spying going on in the show. Um, and it's super fun. I I love the show. I've seen, I've seen all but the last season and, um, Jonathan, my boyfriend hasn't seen any of it. And I'm like, you're going to really, really love the show. So we started (laughs) watching it together. So like we're, we're right in the middle of it right now. We watched the first season and we just started the second. So I'm, I'm rewatching this. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think, yeah, we'll get to finish up like the last season together since neither of us has seen it. Um, and it's like a super fun show. Like, um, well, it's fun, but it's also extremely dark. Um, so they're so deep undercover. Like they are living completely as Americans, have a normal life. They work at a travel agency. Like I said, they have two kids. Their kids don't know anything about them. Their kids just think they're like, you know, regular old mom and dad and nothing weird's going on. So, um, as the story starts off, they have a new neighbor that they go over to greet, and turns out he is an FBI agent, played by uh, dun, Noah dun, Emmerich. Dun. Yeah, so it's very, um, like, their lives get super intertwined because they become friendly, and of course they want to keep an eye on him, but they also become, like, genuine friends, you know, because he's their neighbor. But then, you know, at work, he's quite often, like, kind of working on cases that involve them. So it's very cat and mouse and very like oh, their, no. their white lives like, um, weave in and out. And then we have some other characters, like some people that work at the FBI office and some who work at the, um, Russian residentura, which I guess is like the Russian em- embassy. So there's some characters over there and that they're, they're all like weirdly intertwined and like all, all kinds of stuff's going on. Um, so, like, what I really love about the show is it's very balanced between, like, their their home life and, like, these crazy missions they're going on. And it's very stressful. Like, they overlap a lot. Um, and, but, because at the end of the day, though, it's, like, just as much about, like their family life and their relationship problems and like how they balance their day to day life. It's like as much a family drama as it is like a political thriller. Mm -hmm. Um, and it gets, like I said, it gets very dark at times, but like, it's also very fun. Like one of my favorite things about it is like 
there's so much fun fashion. It takes place in the early eighties. <laughs> so, nice. um, yeah. And like, because they're spies, like they're constantly like, they're constantly in disguise to go talk to people. Sometimes, you know, just like on a, like a one-off mission, like they come in and they show up and they'll, they're like official people and we need to know this and that. And sometimes like, like for months at a time, they're like becoming close to people and kind of working them. Like, um, like the husband becomes like the boyfriend of this woman who works in the FBI office. So he's constantly with her and, and in disguise. The best thing about it is the wigs. There's crazy wigs every episode. <laughs> I saw <laughs> your posts. You're like wigs, wigs, yeah, wigs, 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 wigs. Yeah. Every, every episode, like the first time they dress up, I have to like chant my little wigs, 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 wigs. Yeah. Cause like the wigs are great. They're like these crazy eighties hairstyles and they're not always like put on well. And it's, I think it's supposed <laughs> to look a, a little bad because it's just like, they're constantly dressed up as different people, but and, nobody um, notices nobody in the show. No, knows. It's like the superhero, like <laughs> they put yeah. the mask on and instantly yeah. nobody knows. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's like just put on these they glasses. Put the wig on and instantly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they've, <laughs> they've got glasses, they've got jumpsuits, they've got earrings, like, you know, whatever they've got, like, yeah, they're, and they've just played totally now, different characters. They have characters. glowing star earrings. Oh, Showtime synergy. Yeah. What if Jem was 80s. a Russian spy? Anyway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Those disguises. You're blowing my mind right now. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> crossover. Epic crossover. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. That was a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The American's gem crossover. Yeah. But there's like super 80 stuff in it. Like, um, so yeah, I wanted to talk about the, the fashion first cause it's wonderful. Um, but then there's lots of, um, like they do a really good job of like making it feel very eighties from like mm. the designs of the offices and like the houses, you know, they, they've got all this like weird gold plated shit and like crazy <laughs> wallpaper in their houses. But it's also, I, f- I feel like it's very nostalgic. Like the family has the same picture I had growing up <laughs> in their fridge. Like we used to just like make iced tea and have it in this like little like yellow plastic pitcher and they have the same pitcher. So I feel like. <laughs> So they have the white dishes that have like the, the like mustard color flowers around the The, edges. Yes, the 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 casserole dishes, the corny. Oh my gosh! Yes, of course (laughs) they have that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yeah. So there's definitely that like you know. attention to detail. Like there's all these like little 80s things that like you have forgotten about, but then like, it's just like, Oh yeah, we had that when I was a kid or whatever. (laughs) Or like, that's exactly how it felt. So, um, I really appreciate that, like that type of thing. So I do want to get into the food because it kind of relates to this too. Like a lot of the, um, way it feels like it sets the setting is like through the food because in their house they have like different like you know they've got cereal boxes like they've got alphabets and um (laughs) they're out one day and like they get a soda from a giant tab machine (laughs) it's got like the big tab thing on it and then just the kind of stuff they're eating too like they make frozen oj and i feel like that's like a very (laughs) 80s thing that nobody really does anymore you know so like like the food is very they put an egg in it this is the question. Oh my god. Put an egg in the- like in um oh, <laughs> Never Ending Story. <laughs> Never Ending Story, I was about to say. That- the eighties power breakfast. Oh man, that sticks out to me so much. Putting an egg in your OJ gross. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> they did not, as far as they I have could see, gross, but um <laughs> they definitely have the prison OJ. Okay. Um But then the other part of like the the what the food place in the show is um like showing that these people are very Russian and then, but they're trying to be very American. So Mm -hmm. like in the very first episode, like they, um, they bring over, they want to go meet their new neighbor. So they make brownies to take over to meet them, you know? So that's just like, Mm -hmm. you know, an average American thing you would do, you know? Um, so there's, there's brownies in the first episode, but then they go on their crazy mission. And when they come back at the end of it, they both like drink a shot of vodka (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like yes, how more how more Russian could you get? It's like very. I feel like the first episode like really hits you over the head with all this stuff, and then like subsequent episodes are like more subtle. Like the first one definitely feels like a pilot because I mean, come on. <laughs> so, um, but then one of the early storylines too is there's some beluga caviar, and what what's happening is like one of the um um one of the girls that works at the embassy, and she becomes like a pretty important character. She is 
stealing caviar and selling it and buying like electronic equipment that she could send back <laughs> to her her family yeah. in Ru- in Russia so they can sell it and have a little bit more money and so like the FBI champagne ca- wishes and caviar dreams yes exactly <laughs> like literally she's like in America living this life you know it's everybody loves it here because they have so much more than they had back there but she's still taking care of her family and stuff um mm-hmm. But yeah, so like the FBI agent catches her doing this and starts to like kind of blackmail her into giving him information and stuff. But he takes the caviar and he takes it back and he takes it over to his neighbor's house who he thinks are just, you know, average travel agents. He doesn't realize they're Russian spies. And he's like, look at this. I got this on the job. This, you know, Russian caviar. And so, um, they, um, him and the husband eat it on potato chips and he's like, Oh, I don't like it. It's too salty. <laughs> but then later he has it and he makes this beautiful platter of like crudite. There's all these like vegetables and stuff. And he makes this gorgeous platter and he gives it to his wife and he's like, look what I got. <laughs> She's like, uh-huh. I've never had it before. I've never had such finery. Cause they know it's like a, like an awesome thing from their country, but they grew up so poor that of course they've never tried it. So they mm-hmm. eat it and it's just like really meaningful. Cause it's like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, this is like, like home or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so there's like a lot of things like that. Um, you know, she's trying to be your average American housewife. So they're always showing her in the kitchen, making sa- sandwiches for the kids lunches, you know, and she's like a bologna American cheese, that type of stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, um, she brings a meatloaf over to their, um, to the FBI guy family's house one time. And, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, the families are friends, so they kind of spend a lot of time together. So they bring a meatloaf over, and they're like, this is really good. What's in it? And they're like, horseradish. And I'm like, ooh, that's like a little Russian touch, you know, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just kind of, oh, and then, yeah, one more scene I want to talk about. So this is a little bit spoilery because it's kind of shocking. So if you're interested to watch the show, I'm going to spoil it for Diana regardless yeah but like yeah if you're if you're listening just i'll probably like, I, forget it if i ever do watch this show yeah yeah <laughs> but um yeah i guess this won't take more than 30 seconds so you can skip ahead but um yeah at one point during the first season the um the fbi guy has captured some, like a underling from the um russian residentura because they also have his partner so he's like really upset because mm-hmm. he thinks like his partner's been harmed so he's like kind of on the edge and he's got this underling who had nothing to do with it. And you feel really bad for him because he's just like a kid from Russia, like on his first little job here. And, um, you know, he's keeping him in the safe house and he gives him a hamburger. He's like, yeah, like American fast food's the best. It's really good here. Blah, blah, blah. Gives him this hamburger. And then um, as he's taking a bite of it, he shoots him from behind and the hamburger like, fly, flies out of his mouth. And it's just like, it is just, so, like, this is, like, your quintessential American food, a hamburger, like, flying out of this Russian guy's mm-hmm. mouth as he gets killed. And it's, like, did, man, did the it was, like, the, the imagery of it, you know, it was, like. Yeah. Did the youth actually get a bite, and was he able to chew it and swallow it? He took a bite and chewed it and swallowed it, I think. I don't know. So I he was able, re-watch. like, I hope it was a really good burger. Yeah, so he could, that, yeah, because I maybe, mean, yeah. damn. That's, <laughs> that's my first thought. It's like, that would be so terrible. It was like, here's the, like, here's this he yummy didn't even food. Get to enjoy it. And then yeah. he's, like, about <laughs> to take a bite, and then he gets killed before, like, it's yeah. right there, and he dies. I think he had, like, oh. a bite in his mouth, okay. and it, like, flew out of his mouth it was it was pretty disturbing oh. but like the hamburger was like yeah. prominent in that scene and i feel like it was like very purposeful because it's like here you're in america now mm. like whatever that so, wasn't ketchup that wasn't ketchup yeah anymore. so oh. most of that stuff's from the first season like i know there's stuff in later seasons which i'm re-watching and so i'll be taking notes and stuff like i know at one point um like philip the um the dad of the family, like he's in a safe house of someone who's Russian because like there's, there's like layers of people. Like they are very deep undercover, meaning they never speak Russian. They have no accents. They live completely as Americans. And then there's other people that are like, you know, Russian. And you can tell because like, like kind of their lifestyle and they still have accents and Mm -hmm. stuff, but they're mainly running like safe houses and stuff that, um, so they've got like a network of people to help them. So he's staying at this one woman's house who's Russian and she's got like borscht and he eats it for the (laughs) first time since he, you know, in like 20 years. Cause of course they left not only like their families, their entire cultural identity, they have to leave all of it. Like they, they never speak Russian to each other. They speak English all the time, you know, so Mm -hmm. they, they are just like living it. They're not allowed to talk about their lives 
before they became spies. So it, they said it's easy, easier that way. That way you're just like, you are your new persona now. This is who you are. So, yeah. And I mean, it's very interesting because they talk about like how conflicted they feel because, um, like Carrie Russell, the, um, the, the mom, she is very like a hundred percent bought in of this ideology and she's very like, you know, rushes the motherland and like, this is who we are. And like, this is what we're meant to do. Whereas, um, Whereas the dad, Philip, is, like, more conflicted because he's like, you know, life's pretty nice here. And, like, our children have all the things we didn't have growing up. And, like, the people are nice. And he's, like, a little bit more, like, you know, life's pretty good. Like, what are we fighting so hard for? So it, it's very interesting. And, like, they kind of go in and out of, like, um, and I, I think it's really good how they do it, too, because there's no, like, like, hero and villain in the story. It's all about the people and they all have like things they care about. And so you can kind of understand where they're all coming from. Yeah. So, that's a good, yeah. I like those kind of shows where it's not yeah. like so yeah. black and white and it's more. About exactly. The it's not like Russians are evil and we're the Americans. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. It's like, they're very real, understandable people. So yeah, it's a very cool yeah. show. So <laughs> yeah, my, and my husband was watching it. Uh, and I remember, um, was there, like, is there a, a family that they become friends with that are, like, a, like Asian Americans or? Yes, Because I yes, remember yes. there was a, a dinner scene or something. Like, I, yes. it was just, like, I didn't sit down to watch it, but it was, like, as I was walking by. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. So she becomes friends with this, yeah, um, she becomes friends with this Asian family. She actually becomes um, pretty close to the wife in it, you know, so she actually, like, makes mm-hmm. a friend, you know, which is good. And there is, like, a very cute dinner scene. Like, they eat some... They're Korean, so they eat something okay. spicy, and they do the spicy pepper dance, and she jumps up and down with the kids, <laughs> and it's... Yeah, it's pretty cute. And she she <laughs> learns how to make some Korean food, and she she comes home and makes it for her kids, and her kids are like, yeah, it's pretty good. So... <laughs> yeah, so, like, I mean, food plays a decent part in this show, like, both for, like, setting the setting, like, it's very 80s, but also, like, cultural identity, whether it's, like, Russian or American or Korean or, mm-hmm. you know, um, whatever, so... Yeah, it's a. I love that. I love it when shows or books or whatever do that. Yeah, like you said, cultural identity because food is like super. Yeah, like like, so ingrained, ingrained in that. Yeah, and I mean, can you imagine like there? When you think about their life, you're like, yes, of course, like you're leaving this behind and you're this new person. But like, when you can't eat the food of your childhood and like. Mm Like, you can't, like, experience the things that, like, make you feel warm and safe. Like, yeah, it's just, like, kind of just, (laughs) Man, I need to get some cans of Coca-Cola and some SpaghettiOs or toaster pizzas. That's the food food of my childhood. I know. I was like, what's the food of my childhood? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, what would would the food of your childhood be, the nostalgic food? Oh, man. Um... I always feel nostalgic when I eat Cheerios. And every time I Mm -hmm. eat M&M's, I think about going to the movies when I was a kid. Um, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure do you put sugar more, on your Cheerios? I do not. Do you put sugar? Is it is it plain Cheerios or the honey? Cheerios? Uh, plain Cheerios and honey nut both. But I think plain ones taste more like childhood. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's? Yeah, definitely spaghettios too. Yeah, spaghettios. That, that's a kid and ravioli. Thing. Yeah, ravioli. Yes, chef wordy. <laughs> I would always open the pockets with my spoon and then spoon out the the meat inside. Oh and eat yeah, it like that first. I used to deconstruct then- <laughs> my food too. Like I'd eat lance crackers and I would open them up and and like scrape all the cheese or peanut butter onto a spoon and eat that last. <laughs> Yeah, like, isn't it funny? Like, when you were saying about the, like, 80s and the food and stuff, and I was was trying to remember, like, where are some of the commercials I remember? Like, 80s food commercials and stuff. And then it makes me wonder, like, have you noticed any, like, when she's making the lunches for her kids, like, does she put in, like, like, are there any... I don't know, like, I can't even remember it now. Yeah, but, like, I, I mean, feel like there'd be some little definitely, food packets well, or, like... Yeah, there's definitely, <laughs> like I said, like, purposeful placement of, like, brands that are not around anymore, you know, or, yeah. like, products that are, are... So, like, I haven't noticed anything, like, particular with the lunches, but I'm sure there is at some point, you know, because they definitely, like... Yeah. If you look around their kitchen, there's definitely, like, stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, that's, like... That's cool. That would be, like, super, a look-and-find kind of thing. It's yeah, like, pause, yeah. sc- pause the screen it's, and it's then, It's not, like, like super overt, but, like, they come home with groceries. <laughs> and, like I said, the alphabets really jumped out at me because I was like, yeah. oh, man. Oh, yeah, you so, mentioned the alphabets, yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So, yeah. So, for my recipe, I'm running behind, as per usual. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. So, but, but my idea is, um, so, um, centered around kind of the, the meatloaf that she takes over to their house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I kind of have this in my, my head, um, since I just did that Miss Marple menu and we did the kind of like Pakistani American thing and I made mm-hmm. shimmy kebabs, which is like a Pakistani kebab. Um, and it's got like spices in it and stuff, but like every culture has their own little like meat patty, you know, we have hamburgers and mm-hmm. they have coletti in, um, I don't know if I'm saying it right, coletti? Coletti. In, um, in Russia, which is basically the same thing. It's like you get kebabs or little patties or little hamburgers. Um, so I'm going to make them Russian style. And, um, mm-hmm. so that means, well, they're, they're usually meat and you can use different kind of meat, like, um, beef or chicken. But of course I'm going to make them vegetarian since we cook vegetarian at home. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, like, I'd probably use lentils, but also, like, bulgur wheat, because I've seen that, like, used to kind of pat them out. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to make, um, I'm either going to put horseradish in them or make, like, a horseradish horseradish <laughs> sauce for dipping. I'm like, that might be good. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of still kind of playing around with that. Like, I might do them with, like, ketchup over the top, like a meatloaf, but then you can dip them in this horseradish sauce. I think that might be good. So that I'm still, really still kind of, yeah, like getting there, but I'm going to make, yeah, some kind of coletti. I did look up like vegetarian versions and sometimes you can make like mushroom ones, which I think would oh, be good. Yeah. Then you got that kind of like umami flavor that you're missing with the meat. Um, yeah, so I'm going to make some kind of, yeah, some kind of coletti and, and definitely with like a horseradish element. That's, That's the plan. Yeah. Vodka on the side. And I'm going to wash, wa- wash it down <laughs> with vodka. Yeah. <laughs> Very Russian. <laughs> So that's awesome. yeah, that's, that that's the plan. Yeah. And I, so I definitely recommend the show. Like if you get into it, I think you can watch it. If you have Amazon prime, it's on Amazon prime. That's where we're watching mm-hmm. it. So you can watch it for free on Amazon. Yeah. I think um, that's where my husband yeah. is it. Yeah. It's nice. very cool. Yeah. All right. So how about you? What are you talking about this week? Lockwood and Co., which is a book series by Jonathan Stroud. He, I know him from his um, Bartimaeus series of books um, that came out years ago. Um, so I, okay, I really familiar. like this author. Um, so the Lockwood and Co. books, it, they're young adult, and it's like horror. I, I guess it would be considered horror. It's ghosts. Ooh, I love it already. (laughs) So basically, it's like uh, alternate London. I think it's supposed to be modern day, but it feels like it feels more dated. Like it feels because so the alternate part is what makes it feel not so modern day. <laughs> um, so the alter, so, so it's London. I'm like, oh, um, please explain. <laughs> yes. So there's, there's a problem with a capital P, the problem. And the problem okay. is ghosts. So like Ooh. ghosts have been for 50 years, uh, in, in the context of the story have been like tons and tons of ghosts have been emerging around the country. Um, and so it's like, what, what has, what started that? And so that's like the, the overarching mystery. Um, but these, uh, the society has their generations now that have grown up that it's normal to have ghosts be a, you know, a, a common thing. Like it's before the problem happened, it was like now where people are like, what ghosts don't exist. That's not real. And maybe there are a few haunting stories or something. But something happened in this alternate world where everybody knows it's true. (laughs) Like, you can just look out your window at night and see ghosts, like, wandering around the street or whatever. (laughs) Uh, And and so children are, or or youth, it seems like up to about age, like, maybe early 20s or 20 or something, um, they're the only ones who can actually see ghosts. So it's interesting. So the society has turned in the way that the children are the ones that are working at night and protecting everyone. Because if a ghost touches you, you're dead. Basically it's ghost touch. And I mean, you can like get a shot of adrenaline and hopefully be saved. You know, if you get away from the, the ghost, obviously. Um, but 
Yeah. So, but it's children because only the children can see them. Then they're the only ones that can fight them and can, you know, and protect, you know, the grownups basically and protect people from them. So that's really interesting how that has like changed the dynamics of society and stuff. Um, and, and it seems like because why I made that comment, like it doesn't really feel like a modern day is because the, the ghost problem has been happening, you know, for the past 50 years. So it has changed what the advancements of technology and stuff would have been. So like, there are no cell phones, like there's not internet and stuff like, like, so it's interesting. So it feels, it feels kind of like Victorian London. Well, I mean, to me, it kind of feels like that. I guess I, I went into that because it's talking about ghosts in London. So immediately my mind goes to like, oh, it's like Victorian era, like Gothic kind of, you know, this, like that, that yeah. feeling. So that was kind of weird. Like when you're first reading the books, it's like, wait, they just mentioned a television. Like what? <laughs> or they just mentioned like a phone call, but not a cell phone. But like, so it's like, wait a minute. How, what what is this time period so yeah so that so that's kind of interesting you know so the the way society has developed is is mm-hmm. different like it went on a different track yeah you're um, like on some alternate yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and so the main characters it focuses on this agency basically like a ghost detective agency uh called Lockwood and Co so that, and that's the name of the book series and there are five books and there's one short story, uh, and the fifth book came out last year, which is the final book. Um, but I wouldn't put it like I'm hoping maybe later there'll be maybe a a, a companion collection like of short stories or something because it just feels like that like we need that like so I blew through them all recently. That's why I'm talking about is <laughs> because I like read all the <laughs> and I stayed up into the wee hours because I'm like no I can't Ooh. like stop at a scary part I have to like finish the book but I then I couldn't you guys go to sleep <laughs> into the wee hours of the night. Yeah. I know I totally was well but then by I'm, candlelight like, yeah yeah no by yeah by a nightlight surely <laughs> which I kept on but but then I'm like but no now I feel creepy and stuff so I can't just like oh I finished reading this creepy book now I'm gonna go to sleep no nope, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I was telling you, like, I totally caught up on Steven Universe. I'm like, I have to, like, watch something, like, lighthearted yeah, and fun Yeah, kind of get back to... Hmm. Yeah. Or I would, like, wait till the wait until the dawn light would filter through my window. I'm like, okay, now I can go to sleep. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. What is my life? But You do yeah. stay up late. My goodness. <laughs> well, because... <laughs> oh, no, I, I love it. That's what I mean. That's why I don't do horror often is because, uh, like, I get very unsettled easily yes and yeah yeah. so but 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 i really wanted to read them uh because i love the author's writing style and it's just a really fun series um like it's it's ghosts and stuff and there's creepy things but there's a lot of mystery the characterizations are really great like the dynamics of the characters and how they interact and um, and the dialogue is really funny sometimes, and like the, like he's the author is really good at just like back and forth dialogue. And there's like sometimes I would laugh out loud. Um, like there's a character who's really small, and this is it's all first person uh, perspective. The narration is, and the, the the story was like yeah, like so and so this character or this person is like so small when he's standing next to you, it looks like he's in the other room. Like, <laughs> like imagining that I was like, oh, my gosh. oh i love that <laughs> yeah but it's like full of just really funny things but also like heartfelt things and really intriguing like stories because there are a lot of different like um clients that this agency gets and so a lot of the story is or, or a lot of each book is like them going out and solving these mysteries of like what where is why is the ghost there what does the ghost want like they have to find the source which is like the item that is keeping the ghost tethered to that place you know so it could be like a skull or you know body part or um uh, an item that was precious to that person that ghost in life and you know things like that um but yeah so there's a lot of mystery um they and there's a lot of like history about I mean, it's all, there's a lot of fiction, of course, but there's also history about, um, like, ancient battles and, and like, maybe um, stories of, you know, 
ne'er do wells and stuff like from from the area, you know. So the author had to do like a lot of research and stuff, like historical research, to you know base these ghosts on actual um, happenings in history. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. And so um, I was really excited when I found out that it was actually optioned. The series was optioned for film. Um, most Ooh. recently, yeah, it was announced in September, uh, 2017, that big, what is it? Big Talk Productions, which is a British film company, um, optioned the rights for TV. So that's really cool. And I'm glad it's, glad it's a British company because, uh, so it gives me a little bit more hope that it's not going to be like Tata. I mean, cause I don't know. America has a way of making young adult books dumb. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know how else to say happen. it, but yeah. anyway. So, like, I hope that this, <laughs> I hope that the, I hope that you know, I hope that the series um, like comes keeps to, the essence yeah, of what makes it yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 and like it doesn't make all the characters models or whatever who like have pouty lips and blah, blah like want to suck face all the time. <laughs> I don't know because that's not this kind of book, <laughs> right? It's not this kind of book. It's real. It's a really awesome, fun series, and it focuses. No, it sounds on the super interest- yeah. interesting. So, what um, age? What ages do you think it's appropriate for? Like, yeah, I'm okay. interested to read it, but like, you know, what about my yeah? I think you know. Like, do you th- do you think it'd be appropriate for them? Because they they kind of they love creepy stuff, you know. But like, I don't want it. So, if they like creepy stuff, I would say yes. But it's not like the creepy parts aren't funny. So, like, it's not whimsically creepy. Yeah, it's, like, creepy creepy. <laughs> yeah, so it's actual... Yeah, but, like... But I but I feel like the, the, the actual story and the narrative and, like, because it's written in first person and the... And that character has... Like, she's very brave and kind of reckless. And so it's, like, it, because it's in her perspective, it, it kind of takes the edge off. I see, yeah. And so... Yeah, so I th- I think you should read them and then maybe and, and then, then kind of see like how I feel. Idea. Yeah, like yeah, because yeah. the characters themselves are like mid to late teens. Okay. Uh, and then there are some. I mean, the main the main. Well, group. I let my nine year old read a Christopher Pike book, which was probably not the best parenting decision on my part but she really loved it nice okay so then maybe this yeah she might be okay but yeah like yeah we're going like bookstore roaming later this afternoon so i might kind of look around at the bookstore if i can find one of these because it sounds really great like i'm I'm it's so there is it's just a fun a fun ride yeah and you mentioned cultural identity like food wise so this (laughs) has got tons of tea tea like all over the place that's so it's like British. making it rain tea. Yes. So the, so the, <laughs> <laughs> that's what the one of the people from the Big Talk Productions was talking about, like the Britishness of yeah. the series. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so they're like hunting ghosts, and then they're like, "Oh, let's take a let's take a quick break in the kitchen of this haunted house and like <laughs> make some tea." <laughs> like it's so. It's always it's so. Time. Yeah, it's so awesome. Like um, the character. The main character, she at one point she says, I drank my tea, letting its warmth run through me, as so often the feeling brought me back to the essentials. The moment became simpler, my needs clearer. And I feel like that is just very oh, British. I love I'm, it. I'm like, that, yeah, it is. like just make take a like moment, I feel like that is come back to center, yeah, like, yeah have some keep tea. calm yeah. and drink tea. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's like the, the <laughs> like to just center yourself and mm-hmm. and so they do a lot of tea drinking like while they're on a case or while they're interviewing a client. Like if a client comes to them, you know, to their agency and you know they offer them tea and cake. Um, yeah, there's just tea everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also like other foods, uh, another food, and this is actually, uh, the food that I made was sausage rolls. Ooh, sausage yay. rolls are mentioned a lot and sausage rolls are like one of the main like British fare, like traditional common, you know, like fish and chips kind of but, like sausage right, right. rolls. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's like, uh, just pastry, like, um, like I have a, a homemade pastry recipe that's just really simple, kind of like puff pastry or like 
kind of buttery pastry. You have um, a and then just like, puff pastry recipe? Yeah. Ooh, I've yes. never made puff pastry. I would love and to. And it only like, has three ingredients. And what are they? Well, Flour, oh. oil. <laughs> well, and, and then you can, like, and then like a fourth could be it. salt. Like a, I guess a fourth would be salt, but like the basic recipe, yeah, flour, sour cream. What? Sour you could use Greek, cream? Greek yogurt. Yeah, that's the sneaky, the sneaky oh. one. Or you can use like Greek yogurt or something. And then I'm totally and butter. Yeah, and butter. And then, oh, but then, amazing. and then you can put in some uh, seasonings if you want. Like you can put in um, salt. You could, you could put in herbs if you wanted. You know. Um, so yeah, and then just ground, yeah, it's like ground pork. It's just sausage roll. Like, it's just really simple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, but it's like I a made, kind of um, a grab and go food, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I made sausage rolls for our, um, Orphan Black episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah you did. But like, yeah, you, you sound like you have like a different variation. So like, yeah, I can't wait to see them. Sounds delicious. Yeah, and, that, I, and so, I did not make the puff pastry, so yeah, I, w- I want to make puff pastry. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, well, I was reading up about sausage rolls, and like there are debates about them. And oh, of like, course, everyone. Yeah, so there are feelings. all different ways. Like, <laughs> yeah, yes, very strong feelings. Yeah, about like what do you do? You have a sauce with it? Like do you like, dip it in something mustard? or not? How dare you? Like <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, is it English mustard or is it like a chutney kind of thing? Or Ooh. are we going for like? Some people actually do beef instead of pork, and like yeah, I did. Some beef people put paprika. Yeah, I was making it for yeah people who didn't eat pork. So yeah, yeah, and Which so it's probably like blasphemous. So <laughs> well, no, no, but I mean, people do. And you yeah, can like put, uh, bacon and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So um, oh yeah, well that wouldn't solve the no. <laughs> you could do turkey bacon. <laughs> you could do it. yeah. So basically, bacon. it's like a meat stuffed pastry. Yeah. And yeah. it's and you yeah. make it into like a, a log shape, and then you mm-hmm. cut it into segments, so it's open on both ends. So instead of like folding it down like a pasty or yeah, it's not like a way. hand pie or whatever. Yeah, it's like a yeah a roll. Um, well, so th- so there's that. <laughs> that's so that's the food. That's that's my food. But but there's one <laughs> I kind of like just threw that in kind of toward, in the middle there. Um, but so there's tea, there's sausage rolls, and um, it's really cool because there are a lot of food scenes in these books throughout the whole series. There's a lot of like talking about the sandwiches that you know that they're having with their tea on their you know after they stake out the house and you know create their iron circle or whatever. Then they like sit down and. <laughs> sit in sit in the midst of the chain the iron chains and like have their little break with their sandwiches and <laughs> and biscuits and <laughs> um and, and this is one this is one like relating to the tea um this was in the, the first book when you go out hunting wicked spirits it's the simple things that matter most the silver point of your rapier flashing in the dark the iron filings scattered on the floor, the sealed canisters of best Greek fire, ready as a last resort. But tea bags, brown and fresh and plentiful, and made for preference by Pitkin Brothers of Bond Street, are perhaps the simplest and best of all. Okay, they may not save your life like a, t- like a sword tip or an iron circle can, and they haven't the protective power of a sudden wall of fire, but they do provide something just as vital. They help to keep you sane. So that was... Like one of the, so so like food. So they talk about the importance of you know. Well, we are talking about tea. We're talking about tea to death, I guess. But oh well, no pun intended. But <laughs> but <laughs> I like um, the pun. <laughs> yeah, they also talk about um, like breakfast. Like breakfast is a big deal. So when they come back to their home, which the agency like is is their home because they're they're just a small like little ragtag team, I guess that live mm-hmm. um, in a in a normal London house. Um, that's where they work out of. Um, and so the, when they come home, the kitchen is like the place that they go to like decompress or whatever. Like to, it's like the wee hours of the morning, like maybe four in the morning or something. And they get home and then they, they like unload all their gear, like their iron chains and all this stuff. Like they (laughs) put their rapiers in the umbrella stand and then they just like sit around the table. And one of the really special things um, that they mentioned at the very beginning is on their kitchen table is a white cloth. They call it the thinking cloth. 
And so that's where they, as they're sitting around the table and just like with each other or just like having their meal or something, they'll write down, they'll like do scribbles and stuff on the cloth, just like whatever's in their mind. Or if they're like trying to work out a problem or, or something like that, they, and I was like, wow, that's a really cool idea. I kind of want to do that. It is. <laughs> like, it's like, just like have a, this you know, cloth. Italian restaurant style. Like just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can just scribble. Everybody draws pictures. Yeah. Sometimes. And one of the characters will draw like, <laughs> Like unmentionable pictures or, you know, like embarrassing ah. pictures and stuff. Like it's, so the thinking cloth makes, you know, is referenced many times throughout the series and it, mm-hmm. and it's really cool, but it's, but it's that idea that the kitchen is like a warm center, like a, a, a safe center of the home, yeah. which, which is interesting because in the la- in the, um, fourth book that, that center is, well, and the fifth book, um, that safe place or that like that special place is invaded in a sense. Like, um, so, so, so it's interesting how it's set up like that. So then as a reader, you're like, well, get out of the kitchen. Like you get out of here. Like, stop, don't come into this like special place. And anyway, so it just makes you hate those characters even more that that (laughs) intrude into this, um, like sacred space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so here's an, uh, something about the kitchen and, and food that I thought was just an example of, Something that's cool. If all was quiet, I'd stroll past the staircase to the kitchen where the lingering smells of toast, Lockwood, or tea cake, Georgian Kipps, gave clues to who might be in. Occasionally, if the tin of dried green tea had been opened or one or two sunflower seeds lay scattered on the countertop, I knew Holly was around and probably working in the office. You couldn't always tell, though. She was the tidiest of us and rarely left such clues. Most rare of all, an odor of stale kippers and traces of dried river mud kicked off by the back door gave certain proof that Flo Bones had recently stopped by. The house was our sanctuary, a refuge from ghosts and other darker things, and the happiest times of all were the breakfasts we enjoyed after a successful case with the windows open onto the garden and the sunlight streaming in. So, yeah, so that... The importance of food. (laughs) (laughs) So I love, I just love how this, this book does that. Um... Yeah. And bacon, bacon buddy, uh, bacon sandwich is also mentioned. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course yeah. Which, appearance. which if you'll remember from carry on, carry on, <laughs> carry on, the, it was the, um, they shared Simon and Baz shared bacon buddies. That's when I first learned about like what a bacon buddy is. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need to move the lunch to to London, so I because they love bacon sandwiches there. I'm like, oh my gosh! I'm I know I wasn't familiar yeah. either, but it sounds delightful. I'd be into that. So, <laughs> so it reminded. So it just kind of reminded me of Carry On because they had uh, there's a scene in Carry On where they shared bacon sandwiches. But like, there's this uh, a significant scene, kind of going back to like the invasion of the kitchen space in the in the fourth book. I don't want to spoil it, but but one of the characters was eating. One of the characters who loves food was eating a bacon sandwich and it was taken from him. Oh yeah. The tr- How like, dare they? What? Yeah. So, <laughs> so it, like even that, like using food as, you know, in, in that sense of like confrontation, even right, like, right. like was interesting. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> Well, it sounds extremely interesting. And like I said, I'm going to look for it at the bookstore later today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there was like another quote, but I, I can't find it. I don't know. Like I have it marked, but no, <laughs> I forget how to find it. I actually read because I, I love physical books, but I actually read a few of these as um, e-books. What? So I'm like, I like, Are we having a I know. I'm reading like a physical book right now. So like, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> when I normally read Kindle books. Yeah. Yeah, I read the first one while I was on a cruise. It sounds so fancy. It, it wasn't. It wasn't like a. <laughs> but I was on a cruise going down the Rhine River. Oh, here's the, here's the other quote. I found it. <laughs> I'm like I bookmarked it, but I'm like I don't know how to find my bookmark. <laughs> I need to. I need to do. I need to read ebooks more often to get more familiar with it. Um, is it okay if I read another? Yeah, of quote? course. Please. Okay. 
I took the laden toast plate from Holly and went to my chair. Lockwood had already taken his position at the head of the table. He began pouring us all tea. Let's see, George said, settling, settling himself with satisfaction. Tea, toast, eggs, jam, and chocolate spread. Various sugary cereals. Looks like a traditional Lockwood & Co. breakfast. Wait, what's <laughs> that? Holly nodded grimly. It's that horrible charcoal skull Lucy insists on carrying around with her. I wouldn't object so much if it was actually in a jar or something. I don't mean the skull. I'm talking about those bowls of sunflower seeds and funny healthy nut things. Yeesh, they're not even salted. Where'd we get these? The storeroom, I said. Holly's got a stash down there. <laughs> George gave Holly a, a reproving look. You creep down to the basement to secretly eat nuts and seeds? It's not... <laughs> It's not the good you're doing your body that disappoints me. More the underhandedness of it all. Don't we have any cake? Don't we have any cake? Not for breakfast we don't, Lockwood said. Eat up. George did, and he was right. It was a proper Lockwood & Co. breakfast. And it felt good, even if our surroundings weren't as normal. Because they, their home had, they had a home invasion. Uh. So their kitchen was kind of in disrepair at that point. But... Yeah, so this was just an allusion to... So there is one character who, yeah, she's kind of a health nut. And uh, and cool, sometimes they'll like, poke fun. Yeah, and they often have a skull. <laughs> yeah, they often have a skull at the table, which is... The skull is a talking skull. Like, there's a ghost attached to that skull that is very snarky and, like, <laughs> one of the best characters in the... <laughs> in the story, so that's that's a lot of fun to like look forward to because the yeah, main character is that that, like can talk to ghosts and anyway. So there's often a skull they at the see kitchen dead table. People. Yeah, <laughs> well, so the, well, the main character is really good at hearing dead people. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> twist. <laughs> yeah, I hear dead yeah. people all the time. So Lockwood and Co. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Excellent. Stroud. Yeah. All right, well, we will put um, our recipes, well, links to our recipes, as well as links to anything we talked about at our website, fictionkitchenpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And you can find us on social media, Twitter at FKPod, and Instagram at Fiction Kitchen Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.